Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Now this is exciting, and I'll tell you why. Because we are hot off the presses of the biggest story in Northern Illinois. <laughs> I think at least this one burned up my newsfeed, everybody. Number one, the, the Kraken's Ball in Milwaukee, Wisconsin that Wendy and I performed at was obviously the biggest news in Milwaukee all weekend. Yep. It definitely was. There was not any kind of big sports event going on at all to compete with. So the Kraken's ball took the city by storm. It certainly did. So we were rocking that. And the second most important thing in all of the national news that happened this weekend was the Coffin Challenge at Six Flags Great America in Gurney, Illinois. And today we are joined by the victor, the champion, the numero Uno of the Coffin Challenge, and that's my sister, Allison Jorland. Allison! Yay! Congratulations, Allison! Yes, I've prevailed. We're so proud of you. Yep, so Allison's going to tell us a little bit about her experience about being buried alive this weekend. And we're also joined by Scott Marcus from What's Your Ghost Story, who is a, no, Gurney is in northern Chicago, and uh, we've got an expert of northern Chicago ghost stories to join us as well to tell us about some of his stuff. Yeah, always fun to be on the show, and uh, the Six Flags area actually has got some good ghost stories, and uh, there's some stories from within Chicago that might tie into our uh, spending a lot of time in a coffin while still breathing. Well, not only that, but Scott, don't you have some experience at Six Flags yourself? (laughs) Yeah, it is true. That was the coolest high school job ever, uh, getting paid to scare people, which I did a couple years in high school and even into college a little bit working as a creature at Six Flags. For Fright Fest. For Fright Fest, not freelancing, but for working for Fright Fest, yes. Awesome. And so if you guys aren't familiar with Six Flags Great America, it's a theme park um, north of Chicago, and that's it's basically the only theme park that the people from Wisconsin can go to, people from most of Illinois, um, a lot of people from Indiana, like all come in and go to this super fun place uh, north of Chicago. And... The, the, I think the signature roller coaster is even called the Demon. And Historically, yes. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, that is one of them, yeah. That is the finest. I remember being a little kid and only wishing I was tall enough, as tall as my super tall sister, who goes all the oh, way yeah. up all the way up to five foot one inches um, to see. Oh, one and a half. Five I, foot one and a half. Right. I forgot when you're wearing heels. <laughs> but, but um, anyway, it was, it was my dream to be big enough to ride the demon. And when I eventually could, I was, uh, I, I loved and it. And what a cool name for a roller coaster, too. <laughs> yes, I, I was there for 30 hours. Actually, a few more because I had to check in at uh, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday. So. Oh, and you didn't even have to pay for a ticket. No, no, no. Yeah, I got, got in. <laughs> but, you know, was this your first horrific and, and, experience at Great America, Allison? Didn't you get stuck <laughs> on the eagle one time? Uh, I must have locked it out. Okay. <laughs> because, um, yeah, I, I can only remember good times, um, except for now. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Allison, there were only six people chosen for this, and I hear that there were a large amount of entries. So you, they identified very quickly that you're a special person perfect for this kind of challenge i guess so um because there were three thousand entries so six people were picked wow. out of the three thousand and i was one of the six that's amazing i think one of the reasons you were picked allison is because you are a paranormal investigator because i'm even looking at right. the the, the ab the, uh, the local abc affiliate the news story on it and it says and you know gurney illinois six people including a grandma funeral director and two coffin dwellers completed the 30 hour coffin <laughs> challenge on sunday at six flags great america the challenge which dared participants to lay in a coffin for 30 hours ended at 7 p.m those who dared to leave their coffin outside of designated breaks would have been eliminated participants got one bathroom break per hour 13 minutes with their phone each hour and six 15 minute meal breaks the challengers included a 70-year-old grandma, 
and you're not that 70-year-old grandma, a paranormal investigator, a local funeral director and embalmer, a student studying to become a funeral director, um, someone who works in a cemetery, and then someone who claims to be part zombie and part vampire. So you seem to be the only normal one in the entire thing, Allison. That doesn't happen very often, right. does it? Right, where Allison is the most normal person in that group, it definitely doesn't happen. Right, absolutely. And, um, you know, the press really wanted to talk to uh, the people that were involved, you know, uh, in embalming. So I, I, to one side of me, I had the undertaker. And to the other, um, I had the gravedigger. And he actually lives and works in the cemetery that's across from Six Flags. Okay, so he didn't have far to go. No. Did you guys get to talk to each other very much? I mean, I, I know it looked like you were kind of close by. Yeah, we we did we did get to talk uh, when the monsters didn't come around and harass us, um, and uh, so you know we would talk to each other for sure. And um, Wayne, uh, Alice, his last name is Allison. Wayne Allison, who also participated in the contest and is a grave digger, he um, he didn't have any um, stories, ghost stories from the cemetery across from Six Flags, but he did have um, a great ghost story that he told me from Ohio where um, he was born and raised and where he got his first job at a cemetery. Um, so that was fun to be able to get uh, a story from oh, you're you know, not somebody gonna, in the business. You're not going to leave us hanging like that, are you? Yeah. Well, I'm not. Great, it was a great uh, ghost story. <laughs> and? And I won't tell you what it is. Um, no, he, he said that um, at the cemetery where he was working in Ohio, um, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon one day when he and a colleague were uh, mowing the lawn, and um, there was a recently deceased sixteen-year-old uh, that had uh, died in a horrible car accident, and Wayne had actually buried him, and so uh, he and his his friend um, and coworker are mowing the lawn, and all of a sudden they saw. This uh, two to three foot in diameter orb just shoot out of the woods into the cemetery and then land on the boy's headstone, at which point the orb transformed into the apparition of the boy. And so Wayne knew what he looked like since he had buried him and uh, and been involved in transporting the, the body and so forth. And, you know, it was just a, you know, complete surprise to them. They had never seen anything like that before. And they both saw it and were able to corroborate each other's story. So, you know, to see this misty form of this boy who, you know, looked a lot like the boy, except, um, you know, not in full color, you know, almost, you know, a little gray, um, and a little bit transparent, but, you know, definitely the boy that he had seen. That is so cool. I mean, to go from an orb morphing into a full apparition, that is right. so neat. Yeah. That's, that's not just a great story. I mean, the fact is, Allison, you were talking to a grave digger. Now, have you right. guys even ever met a grave digger before in your life? I feel like that's somebody you only encounter Never. in a Shakespeare play. <laughs> right, or on a sitcom or something. Like, oh, yeah. He, he was, I was a like, real nice guy. I was having a conversation with Grave Digger 1, and Grave Digger 2 also saw the spirit. <laughs> right yeah it was it was bizarre but real nice guy or a little rick moranis from la story oh, oh yeah. <laughs> real nice guy okay so first of all who made it all of us okay so even the 70 year old grandma made it yeah she, she didn't bail nobody bailed i like that they let everybody you know everyone can make it to the end it's it wasn't one of those contests where only one person can win Right. I mean, that would have been sad if we had to compete against each other. Like some but, kind of strange kissing <laughs> challenge, except this time you're kissing the Grim Reaper. Right. Or like we had to take each other down gladiator style. <laughs> no, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm taking oh, the grandma. You would totally win. You would win, Allison. <laughs> no, she was tough. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Um, it was. It was great to you know be with all of them, and you know we have this bond now. Uh, you know, because we always can say that we we had six flags. We had that 30-hour coffin challenge. <laughs> well, the um, thing is, when you talk right, about right. the bond, though, Allison, I mean, here's, yeah. the, here's the thing. So, say coffin challenge, and 
to everybody at home that might be thinking about, all right, so you're just like they close the coffin, they close the lid, and that's it. You're just stuck there for 30 hours. It, it wasn't quite like that because no. the coffins were open like Victorian style or whatever. Yeah. So you can see our heads. That was disappointing. I thought we could, <laughs> I could just close the lid and say goodbye, cruel world, and I have to check back in for another 30, <laughs> 30 hours, the right? I, I thought, you know, that would be it. No more contact with the outside world. And that's what I was going for, really. I thought, you know, where else can I get paid to take a 30-hour nap? And I was up for <laughs> it. I was nice. really up for it. Well, did the, um, I mean, the six-minute bathroom breaks. Yeah, that was the only thing I was worried about, you know, because sometimes it takes more than six minutes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, <laughs> but like mid-loaf, I, I, you have to run oh, back to the right. coffin, and you're stuck for the Yeah, oh, I'm no. driving runs off at the pool. I don't want to, like, you know. Right, put some, <laughs> put some of the kids back in the car. Yeah, put some kids back in the car. <laughs> They're not going to the pool today. Uh, yeah, I was worried about that, really. <laughs> you know, just getting was practical. Was the bathroom near? Being completely honest, yes, it was near, and they would walk you to the bathroom, and then they would, oh, you know, okay. be right there at the door, and they're like, "All right, we're setting the timer for six minutes." <laughs> so that's like a hostage you know, situation. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so I, I, I was fine. I mean, the only thing that I was worried about is, you know, morning ablutions. You got to do certain things, and um, so they did have challenges that you could participate in. And then um, you weren't penalized for the challenge, and they were completely voluntary. So you could participate and then earn extra minutes out of the coffin. Oh, and so, so it was I was like able coffin survivor. Yeah, I, I was able to to um, earn five extra minutes, and when I needed that extra bathroom break that you need in the morning, sometimes I was able to take that five extra minutes and clear it. So what did you have to do um, for it? <laughs> what was that? Oh, well, um, one of the challenges was that they make they uh, had like a uh, blender and they mixed up some horrible concoction. Now I think the vegans got off early. Are easy because there were um, we we got off easy because there were um, two vegans in the contest and they were very respectful of our dietary restrictions and uh, so they raw meat or anything no uh, but they basically put uh, cotton candy and some some uh, blood orange slushy and what else Uh, balsamic vinaigrette. And corn chips, and I think that was it, and blended it up together, and we had to drink it. It actually sounded good until you got to the balsamic. Yeah, well, actually, it just sounded, it, it's, it's, it uh, really um, tasted like balsamic, to tell you the truth. Right, balsamic and, and takes with, over everything. As a functional yeah. alcoholic, that sounds easy. Yeah, and, and um, <laughs> you know, like crunchy with the chips, it was actually pretty good. And then the other people <laughs> had, it was similar, no balsamic. Oh, oh yes. And there was Except ice that it had lettuce. rabbit testicles. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, but they had to, it was pepperoni pizza and nacho cheese and again, slushy and cotton candy. And I, I think that's it. Oh, a chicken tender. Maybe they'll turn vegan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I think ours, ours was better. We yeah, had a those little people never drinking Jameson. <laughs> I I don't know. I've I've never had Jameson either. Um but uh yeah, it was that was fine and I earned like three minutes for that. And then um there were challenges where you went into a haunted house and then you had to like find a certain prop and take your picture with it. Um that one was, was way, gross? way easy. No, it was just a giant snake head. That one was way easy. There was another one where they hid the passes in the haunted house, and you had to go on with a, a flashlight and find it in three minutes. And um, I got an extra three minute um, for that challenge, uh, but um, I did not end up using it. I just um, kept it in reserve just in case Look and at you. took it. Yeah, you could have given it, it to well, the grandma. Right. <laughs> but instead you're like, screw her. She going to die out here. Allison's taking the uh, the mystery concoction and like asking for seconds. Right. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm like, that was good. She's like, I love chips. <laughs> yeah, I love chips and balsamic. It's a great combo. Uh, yeah, and then one of the challenges that I failed at was they had um, a pumpkin and they filled it with worms and dirt and... Um, 
and the bump pumpkin guts and, uh, you know, they had the seeds in there as well. And there was one penny in there and you, you were supposed to sift out the guts and find the penny, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't fast enough. I, I was, I thought it would be easy. Like you'd be able to feel that penny, um, even in amongst all the other stuff. Uh, but no, I was not able to. Um, and I was hoping there would be snakes or spiders or something like that. Well, you should have had, you should have had dad there for that part of the challenge, Allison, because that bastard's so cheap. His fingers would have found that penny <laughs> oh, in a no. second. <laughs> he, oh man. He can, he can smell it from, a, is that copper? <laughs> <laughs> I hope Dad isn't listening to the podcast. Well, he knows he knows what kind of indignities we do to for any kind of publicity, so he's fine with it. Sure, yeah. I hope he's listening because we need all the listeners we can get. <laughs> I was gonna Poor say, I hope Bob. he's listening because those download numbers need to go up. Oh man. Um, okay, so the thing is, now we're making it sound like a lot of fun. We're like, oh my god, you have 13 minutes with your phone each hour, so that means you can check on Facebook or whatever. And you did go Facebook yeah. Live, and we do have yep. Allison's Facebook yeah. Lives. They're going to be at the show notes, othersidepodcast.com oh, slash yeah. uh, 219. You'll be able to see Allison's Facebook Lives right on there. <laughs> yeah, about all the torture. Well, that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. We're, yeah, making, we're making it sound like a party. You get, first of all, six, 15-minute meal breaks. You can take a whiz. You get extra whizzes. You had whizzes you didn't even use. Yeah. There is a roller coaster there also called the Whizzer, just so you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Baby roller. That's, that was my first roller coaster. <laughs> um, so I got to say that, um, you know, at first it was it was fun, and uh, but I, I thought I'd be able to nap. Really, like I was saying, you know, where else can you get paid to take a 30 hour nap? I mean, that's what I was in it for. I, you know, I'm a teacher uh, and I, I just felt like this would be the best weekend rest I've ever gotten where I can just close out the world <laughs> and win prizes for it. <laughs> yeah. Shut the coffin. I'm fine with it. Let's practice. Let's practice. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> so I was I was down with playing dead. And I mean, if they wanted to fit me with a catheter, I think I would have been fine with that. Just as long as I get wow. to shut out the world. But I'm wearing I, a catheter I, right now. <laughs> that's dedication. <laughs> Your own personal stadium, pal. That's um, right. Yeah. So I um, was rudely awakened <laughs> to the reality of the contest when the monsters would arrive every half hour and torment us, and. If I tried to sleep, they would um, yell in your ears <laughs> and pound the coffin. And but I signed a release, so <laughs> you know, guess it's all good fun. But uh, you know, when when it's it's getting to like you know two a.m., three a.m. in the morning, you you've really had enough, and you feel like maybe murder is a viable option. <laughs> Wow, it almost turned into a horror movie well, in and it's of itself. Called a ch- it's called a challenge. You can't just, and also, how cold was it? How cold was it when you were Yeah, there? well, it got down into the 20s. Okay, that's cool. I think it was like 28. And in the morning, we did have like a layer of frost like all over the coffins and on top of our blankets, you know, because we put the blankets over our heads. Um, so it was really pretty cold. And uh, the the coffins were well insulated because um, in that they were a nice little windbreak. I mean, I shouldn't say insulated, but I mean, we stuffed them full of sleeping bags and I brought blankets and they had an extra blanket for us. And um, then they also provided like little chemical hand warmers, which I mean, I love those things now. <laughs> I should always have a couple of those in my pocket. It was just great. Because, you know, otherwise, yeah, your fingers go numb. I mean, you can't have that. That is. And when you say coffin, you know, we think we've all been to a funeral, unfortunately, and seen a coffin and they look really cozy. But these were just plywood, black painted, you know, very no frills. It was a pine box (laughs) in the truest sense. (laughs) It it was a pauper's grave. So you really didn't get you didn't get like the deluxe coffin. You didn't get. like You got the pauper's coffin. Right. Yeah. It was like an old West coffin. You know, where they would put the guy in there, you know, that just died in the shoot him up. Yeah, and, like uh, they did to Morgan Freeman in Unforgiven. <laughs> yeah, and they just 
they just put you in the coffin there and everybody can look in and see you. So that's what it was like. So you are Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I was, I, I, I was saying I your voice is a little lower today. Yeah, it's because of the Morgan in me right now. <laughs> nice. uh, so the monsters yeah. came at you. Like, did they, I mean, was it all night or was it just a certain point? Because the thing is, <laughs> I didn't think Great America would, would pay people to stay there all night. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought at midnight we would be able to sleep, but I was sadly well, in air. Maybe those, Scott, when you were a monster at Great America, did you get paid to stay all night? No, no. I mean, we, I think Saturday they closed down at, 11 something like that and so yeah then you have a couple hours of scrubbing off the makeup before having to go home and get some sleep and then get back at like 10 a.m the next day but no we did not have those and this is way back in the early aughts but um, so we did not have cool events like this going on when i was there but you know what there might be monsters who volunteer their own time yeah to just to terrorize me right so there's you know, there are people like that and there are monsters like that <laughs> Let's I mean, they're monsters after, after all. all. Yeah, you'll get they're, overtime they're to screw with these idiots, <laughs> right? So I think that's what it must have been because they were really into it, uh, especially with me. And I think that might be um, Nick Starlow's fault from Shadowhunters. Um, he and a bunch of people from Shadowhunters, um, which is a paranormal organization in Illinois, were there to cheer me on. But then behind the scenes, um, he actually told me today that that he said, well, you know, she's friends with us, so you can mess with her. Oh, thank you, Nick. Um, yeah, oh, thanks man, so much. That's, that's harsh. harsh. Yeah, he, that was the, the nail that's in the coffin. It doesn't pay to know somebody on the inside. Who needs enemies when you have friends like that? It had the opposite effect because um, actually Nick and the Shadowhunters are there at uh, Fright Fest every weekend. They have a show that they do. Um about paranormal investigation. And, you know, so they're there um, doing like three shows a night on Saturday. And, uh, you know, they came to visit and everything like that. And they actually um, uh, were able to do a paranormal investigation in the park um, early in October uh, when uh, none of the guests were there and um, most of the employees were gone as well. So did they find so, the ghost of the kids that died on the edge? Oh, uh, well... I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that, but... Um, right. Did they make yes. you sign a gag order? <laughs> no, but I, I just mean, I, I you know, I, I know, I think there have been some deaths at the park, but um, I thought it was on the giant drop. But um, anyway, um, Nick thinks uh, that the ghosts are um, attachments that people bring to the park, and then the ghosts decide to stay. And, and so if you have an attachment, instead of going to go see one of those high price <laughs> psychics and get cleared. Just spend the ticket, go right out the have a great day and, and you'll be exercised of, you know, whatever demon hangers on you have. Leave them right there. I think that's a viable option. I, I prefer that instead of, you know, going and getting some woo woo down on myself. Scott, have you heard any stuff specific to Gurney or the great America area? Cause it is a pretty massive place as far as ghost stories are concerned. Well, uh, I think we'll have to have Nick on eventually because he knows all about uh, Great America ghost stories, and I actually don't. Uh, although I will say my grandfather helped build the place and a lot of those wooden structures. You know, he was a construction uh, worker, and those old wooden structures, he worked on a lot of those. So that's always a little bit of point of family pride for me. But right down the street from Six Flags, I mean, less than a mile, is this beautiful church, uh, the Serbian Monastery. And it's amazing because we're talking about Somewhat rural. I mean, we're not in Chicago anymore. We're, we're pretty close to the Wisconsin border, away from the city of Chicago. And that's where the last king of Yugoslavia is buried. Did you say the last king of Yugoslavia? Yeah, the last king of Yugoslavia is buried at the Serbian monastery on Milwaukee Avenue, Route 21, just about a mile from Six Flags. Uh, I, I think he was somebody that was exiled after a coup. But it's just kind of amazing. You never know where people will end up. Like where I used to live in this kind of rough part of L.A., uh, the mad monk's daughter who helped turn him in and finally see him to justice is buried nearby this like rough neighborhood in Los Angeles. Kind of amazing where people end up after their uh, very bizarre lives. Who's the mad but, monk? Anyway. Rasputin. You mean, you mean Rasputin? Oh, Rasputin. Yes. 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 Rasputin's daughter, daughter is buried in L.A. In LA. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She always wanted to be in pictures. <laughs> She's actually in the circus. So, yeah, she should have many movies made about her. 
And yeah, it, it is a- funny where people end up um, because um, here in um, Milwaukee at Forest Home Cemetery, we have um, John Babacombe Lee, who was known as the man they couldn't hang um, because, you know, three times they brought him to the gallows for a murder he said he didn't commit. And three times um, the the floor wouldn't drop. And so they gave him life imprisonment instead. And um, then, uh, well, life imprisonment didn't last for life, only 20 years. And then guess where he came? To Milwaukee. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> and so he's buried in Forest Home Cemetery. So I guess he wasn't immortal, but uh, they couldn't hang him. He was murder proof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the cemetery and church I was uh, mentioning, uh, again, just down the road, on Milwaukee Avenue from Six Flags. I used to pass it on my way home every night coming back uh, from working at Fright Fest. And it was, it just always seemed like this really creepy place. Uh, rolling hills and the fog would come in and some of the headstones would have like the eternal flames flickering on them. And then I put my book together in the early 2000s and lo and behold, two of the coolest stories in the whole book came from that location, which didn't have any ghost stories associated with it yet. And they were just both from friends of mine. And for one of them, uh, a good friend of mine named Allie, she was coming back from Wisconsin, uh, driving south down uh, Milwaukee Avenue there. And this stretch of road, it's about 45, 50 miles an hour, and there's not a lot of street lights. It's kind of a country road a little bit. And she could see she had a, her boyfriend was passed out in the passenger seat. She was the designated driver. So she had her wits about her and therefore was the one driving. And she could see just way down, and it was, you know, 2, 3 in the morning. She could see way down the road in front of her, it looked like somebody was going for a walk, which seemed like an odd place and an odd time to do that. And didn't really think too much of it until she began to get closer and the, her headlights illuminated this figure a bit more. And she could see that this person was not walking on the shoulder, but walking in the middle of the street. And as she got closer, this figure went from walking to running and running at her car. And Ugh. it all just unfolded so quickly. Suddenly, the, the, this figure is right in front of her. She slams on the brakes, locks up the brakes. This figure continues to run and floats through the car, through the windshield. She feels the cold rush as this figure goes through her body. And the boyfriend, who was completely passed out asleep, obviously when the car jolted forward as, as she slammed on the brakes, woke up in time to see this unfold. And it was all so real that he said to her, oh, my God, we hit him. So he thought they actually struck a real-life person. But thankfully, it was some shadow figure or some apparition of some sort. And it was not until then that she was at a complete stop, shaken on the road, that she looked over and she was across the street from the cemetery. That's still one of the coolest stories. Yeah. And it, you know, something that had never been reported before and we'd never heard anything. And wow, what, a, what an introduction to the haunted world this cemetery made <laughs> on this night. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. You think about the millions of people that drive between Milwaukee and Chicago every single year. You know, you everybody passes Great America. Everybody passes like the University of Lausanne, sign and stuff like that. And sometimes in the yeah. distance, you can see that guy who built a pyramid off in the distance. Yeah. And so you see all that fun stuff, but to know that um, not only are there, are there fun, you know, urban legends like the University of Lasonomy and, and things like that, but also uh, there are fun, real haunted stories of Gurney, Illinois. And unfortunately, Allison didn't see a real ghost this weekend. Well, so. this time. Right. <laughs> so, Allison, what do you think was the hardest part about the coffin challenge? Well, I thought it would be the big sleep, really. I was like, I'm ready for my dirt nap. And there was no napping because the monsters come around like every half an hour and beat on your coffin uh, <laughs> to the point that they broke my coffin, actually, uh, beat on your coffin and, until you wake up so you can't sleep. And I thought, again, at midnight when the park closed, that that would be over. And, you know, it's not too bad. You get to sleep from midnight to um, 11, maybe, when the park reopens. Yeah, that's more sleep than I get all year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? But no, they stayed with us until after four in the morning. And um, they actually, they, they ran a chainsaw for at least a half an hour right by our coffins. 
<laughs> and so, and that oh, was hard nasty. for me because the fumes filled the coffin and you feel like you're getting asphyxiated. So what? you can't like hide your head because the fumes are <laughs> backing up in there. That would then help you go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You said you were ready for your dirt nap. This is your shot. Yeah, absolutely. I should have just sucked it in. Um, but by cruel world. Yes, I'm going to breathe deep, the gathering gloom. But uh, anyway, so they were running that for at least half an hour, maybe even longer, maybe 45 minutes. Because at that point, you're like, what is what is happening? It's the wee hours. And then from 3 to 4 a.m., so it was a full hour, they played that baby shark ditty. It's not a song. It's it's like an earworm from hell. I don't know if you've heard the Baby Shark song. I heard it on your live stream. Oh my god, it's it's on the live stream because I did a live stream because I cannot. I'm like I cannot believe <laughs> they are playing this on Poor repeat Allison. for a full hour. It did sound terribly cruel. And the monsters, like like the guys that I was between a grave digger and an undertaker, and they both they both were like in the morning. They're like, "What happened last night? Why did they pick on you exclusively?" They said there were like six of them wailing on your coffin, <laughs> and oh you know gosh. they have like sledgehammers and other implements of doom, and they're banging on the coffin, like banging out to the beat of the song, and there were like six of them. At once. And and like the guys around me were like, it was so loud, we couldn't sleep. And I'm like, you couldn't sleep? See what it was like in the coffin? Nice. You know, where you can wow. feel the vibrations. Even earplugs wouldn't have worked. And I was like, this must be in violation of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> it was horrid. Sure co- I'm pretty sure the coffee challenge is a violation of the Geneva Convention. But what's funny about the Baby Shark song is that number one? It is a it is a hit with the kids. My daughter was the baby shark for Halloween last year, and there's a whole dance. Oh associated. my god! There's a whole dance associated with it. Uh-huh. So at the at the convention last week in Monoma, Minnesota, up when we were at the Shooting Star Casino, I went back to the bar at like midnight one night, and the she squatchers from North Dakota were there, and they were <laughs> all singing the baby shark song, and like uh, you can't make this stuff up. And I showed them how to do the dance. Oh. In the, the baby shark, daddy shark, mommy shark. Oh, so stop, glad. stop, stop. You're bringing it back. I'm so glad I retired early, early that night. Oh. Yeah. And so, I tried to be like, just I like usually... 10 with it, but I just wanted to really murder people. I hated everyone and everything. <laughs> There's a club <laughs> version like, of baby shark it. in like Asia. It's like super popular, like the club version of baby shark. Oh, so God. it's on. But I mean, isn't that really a torture technique to play like that blaring loud music and keep people up for thirty hours? Well, yeah, I we mean, did that to Manuel Noriega to get him out. Yeah. Of, so when Man, when Manuel Noriega, the dictator of Panama, who he used to be a CIA operative, and obviously we ran cocaine, like the United States paid for cocaine to go through Panama, and so this is uh, not a point of pride for the country. Um, but when he eventually ran afoul of the U.S., we went down to Panama, we invaded it. And we went to get him. He went into the embassy of the Vatican. And so he's in the Vatican embassy in Panama City. And the United States Army sat outside the Vatican embassy. And And blasted Baby Shark? No, they blasted (laughs) We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. They played We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister for like 24 hours until Manuel Noriega. Like the Vatican, like even like the priests were like, get the hell out of here. I think I think it would have only taken five minutes with Baby Shark. <laughs> so that's a complete like using using loud music to torture people. Um, if it's not Baby Shark, it's gonna be Twisted Sister. <laughs> well, I mean that's kind of a good song. I I always like that song. It's a great. I mean, Wendy and I play that song. <laughs> it's it's like a you know it's kind of like a manifesto. You know, I feel. Like, yeah. You know, no, and, and baby well, sharks a manifesto for babies. Oh God! So. It was so insipid. It it was I. It was so insipid. I just I was like I can't do this. I mean that was the only moment that I was like I got to give up. This I can't. This, well, it, this it's is funny, too Allison, bad. that the original version of Baby Shark is actually like a campfire song that people would sing, and the way it goes is that um, it's a, it's kind of a, has a dark origin. Because the oh. idea is the baby shark, it goes through all these different sharks and eventually gets to a surfer who, 
because in, in the baby shark song, the little fish end up making it, you know, they, they don't get eaten by the sharks. But the original version is about a surfer and the surfer does get eaten by the sharks and gets reincarnated as a baby shark. And then the song starts again. Oh. So it's almost like the you know how the like the real version of fairy tales are dark, right? I feel like it's kind of like the ring, like the self perpetuating evil that you know makes you pass it on, yeah. you know turns you into the baby shark. Before you die, you hear the baby shark. <laughs> that's that's what it was like, and it reminded me of like. Uh, lost. I remember the others torturing people, you know, where you'd be in a room with this loud music. And I mean, it was worse uh, on Lost, of course, where they had you like bolted into a chair and, you know, your eyes like forced open to watch some kind of crazy video and just play, play this blaring music. Yeah, Room 23. That's what it reminded me of being in Room 23. I was like, get me out of here. Room 23 is actually an homage to the Ludovico technique from uh, Clockwork Orange. And that's how they turn Malcolm McDowell's character from a, uh, a fan of quote-unquote ultraviolence into like someone who's normal. No, right. kind, kind of normal. So they did all this crap to you, Allison. <laughs> Was there ever a point where you were, you know, because, you know, Wendy and I, we've run marathons. And I, there's a point to me like around mile 21 or 22 where I really think about quitting. And I don't know if, Wendy, if you had the same kind of feel, like you're like, you know what? I could just stop. I, I, maybe oh, yeah. I should just stop. Totally, where you just, it becomes a point of, this pain is too much for me to <laughs> yeah. handle. Right, and it's yeah. only the forward momentum that keeps you going and the idea that, like, dude, I already right. put 22 miles into this. Like, it doesn't matter if I even finish. Like, let's just, just go. What, <laughs> Allison, did you feel like that? I guess the breaking point for me was really the baby shark thing. I mean, and and just all the pounding on the coffin. I was just like, oh, I just want, I just want to sleep. Why can't I sleep? And you know, because it's a long day when it's like four in the morning. You just want to sleep, and you can't. They won't let you. And I mean, they had to make it a challenge, right? So no hard feelings. It was a challenge. I'm happy for the opportunity. <laughs> right, you did get paid three hundred whole dollars. Yes, but I'm, I'm, because I was like, you know, ten dollars an hour for a nap. Oh, that's not too bad. Even though it's out in the elements, I can, I, you know, I like camping, and uh, so, but yeah, I didn't didn't bargain for the other stuff. But they did make it a challenge. Good. Well, we're proud <laughs> of you for being so strong, Allison. Allison. Thank you. you made, yeah, you made it through. You made it through, and I'm looking at the picture right now. You with the big check, so they give you a big check, Ed McMahon style. Yeah, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it to the bank, and like, I hope how I'll do you do it. that in an ATM? That's the problem. Like, <laughs> gotta bang it against Fold the ATM. Hold it up. <laughs> so, do they give you a real check too? Um, I think they're gonna send it in the mail. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> we tell people that all the time. <laughs> it's in the mail. The check is in the mail, buddy. Okay. <clears throat> So I'm looking at Six Flags posted. Congratulations to our Six Flags champions, whatever. There's the 70-year-old grandma. And she's got, like, purple hair, so she seems pretty cool. Yeah, and she has a hearse. Oh, she's part of the Sweet. hearse club. She's in a hearse club, yeah. And she drove there in her hearse. Oh, man. we Wendy, remember we played the hearse festival? We were north of the border that one the time. The hearse meet. Yeah, we played yeah. a hearse meet. It was great. Um, So I'm l- looking at everybody here. And that, it's funny. I'm looking at the comments. And there's, like... You know, people like congratulations. And there's people like, oh man, not worth it. Ten dollars per hour. Nah, I'm good. LMFAO, <laughs> totally not worth it. Listen to these listen to these people oh. talk. Here's somebody, fake chick. I don't see a routing or account number. <laughs> Dude, uh, if you uh, talk like that, Angela Avila, I don't I don't even think you've ever seen an account number in your life. Anyway, hilarious. Anyway, I'm just looking at the comments, and the comments are obviously written by idiots. Uh, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, not worth it. It's all these guys who like have horror right. stuff all over their thing, and you know, they all applied too. Well, of course, yeah. And um, you know, that's the thing too. It was a bit of bit like being in the human zoo because you know people would come up and watch you doing the challenge, and I have to say that you know people were pretty cool for the most part and uh 
I also had my glow-in-the-dark care bear there. So when I didn't want to talk to people, I would just like scooch down in the coffin and use it as kind of like a blind um, where, you know, I did like a little puppet show with the Care Bear. Like the ah. Care Bear would rise up like a vampire. and like technique. And it would wave at all the kids. And they're like, oh, Care Bear. And, and it was great because because the people would come back for the Care Bear. Where's the Care Bear? <laughs> sure. Care Bear, Care Bear, Care Bear. And no way. Awesome. Except animate the Care Bear, do a little dance, wave. <laughs> they love wow. the Care Bear. So I, I would just hollow that out, fill it with spiked hot apple cider, <laughs> and have a great night. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it gave us gave me a little bit to use with, you know, some of the um, some of the scare actors. You know, they would come by. They have like these um, fake cattle prods, and they you know zap the Care Bear in the head. And everybody like, oh no, Care Bear! That's so, three hundred dollars worth of therapy right there. Like that, I, you're I gonna, know. You're, yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, <laughs> you're gonna pay for that talking to your psychotherapist. Uh, spread it around. Spread around. You know the the insanity. Just a couple more comments here. Uh, Sergio yeah. Ortiz says, "Well, they added thirty more hours to their coffin experience." <laughs> so that's kind of funny. And then uh, Nicole Weekly says, "All white. Three hundred people applied. Only six white mate." White's made it. Welcome to America. Oh, wow. I didn't even think of the racial implications. That's right. So I guess it wasn't as representative. Uh, all, all the races next, next year, shall we? The thing, so it's, obviously it's the racist Six Flags Coffin Challenge. <laughs> uh, but oh, but watch man. out for the fake check because I don't see a routing or account number. Just remember that when you're looking. Okay. Allison, you, this is really a cool thing. It was a lot of fun. And I remember when you texted us, you're like, you're texting us when we were in the van coming back from... Uh, Fargo last weekend and you're like oh my god the coffin challenge we all gotta do it oh my god and you got in yeah like I was really a, surprised you really really a, surprised you are a coffin champion you were buried alive and you made it yeah congratulations thank you guys so uh, we'll let you, we'll let you go and relax a little bit and we'll do a couple of buried alive stories and uh, before we go here but we just wanted to say uh, proud of you good job thanks guys Glad you're not really dead. <laughs> Maybe it'll take next time. <laughs> Maybe it'll take. <laughs> you know, do it a couple times. Third time's the charm. All right. See you guys. All right. Get some rest. Hope you feel better. You know, we joke about being buried alive and that whole thing. The whole like coffin challenge sounds like fun. But in the 19th century, you know, the 18th and the 19th century, um, the idea of the coffin challenge wasn't funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> people are not Buried signing up alive. for the challenge. Look at this, so humorous. No, um, people were terrified of being buried alive because science was to the point where they could kind of figure out when people died and when they didn't, and they realized that they'd been burying people before they were dead all the time for a long time. Oops. Well, and, and there was the, I don't know if this is just part of the urban legend or not, but the idea of all of these big, like the theria and the Black Plague, all of these epidemics sweeping across, people were in such haste to throw people into the ground to try to keep the disease from spreading that maybe that's what started to lead to people being buried alive. Oh, Sure. You can't feel a person's breath. You know, we talked about this a little bit in our episode. I mean, I know we did this episode a long time ago, but we had a particular episode like on voodoo and we talked about the serpent and the rainbow. And in the serpent and the rainbow, yes. there's a puffer fish toxin that, uh, you know, voodoo priests would uh, curse people with. They'd give them this puffer fish toxin and it would slow their body responses down to such a level that uh, people thought they were dead and then they bury them. And then the voodoo priest would go dig them up uh, before they died in the grave and then make them a slave. And so that's mm-hmm. I mean, the idea behind the movie, like White Zombie. Um, and that's the, the whole idea behind Serpent and the Rainbow, Wade Davis's original book, and then the, the Wes Craven movie is based on that idea. In fact, on the, the, the poster for Serpent and the Rainbow has got Bill Pullman, you know, with a cross on his head and says, don't bury me. I'm not dead. <laughs> And so the thing is, though, people, it's called taphophobia. Taphos is grave or tomb. Phobia is obviously fear in Greek. And that fear of being buried alive was very realistic in the 19th century. Because if you were buried alive, how long would you last? Is the first right. question. 
and this was recently in the movie The Nun. Not a spoiler, but it is part of the, <laughs> a big part of the movies. Um, there's a graveyard where they have the little bells at each gravestone. And then, you know, the idea being that the person could ring, they could pull the string and ring the bell to indicate that they were still alive in the grave. Come and get me. The safety coffin is what they were called. They were called safety there coffins. Is. And there was, a, there was a ton of them that were patented in the 19th century. Uh, I think the last one that was patented was all the way up to 1995 was they patented a, a safety coffin. And there's an urban legend that's saved by the bell. That expression, not just, you know, um, screech oh. and stuff. That's yeah. safe. <laughs> Justin Diamond would have been hanging that bell many times after the show. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he's, Screech is a dangerous guy. He'll stab you. He lives in Milwaukee. <laughs> um, oh, man. Well, he did go to jail for, like, stabbing a guy at a bar. But he also will appear in your video. Like, there's a thing called Cameo.com. I don't know if you've seen Cameo.com. Is where a celebrity oh, no. will a celebrity will like leave you a phone message for like a certain price. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's cool. And when you started to say he will appear in your video, it sounded like you know Bloody Mary will appear behind you in the mirror. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> if you believe. Funny enough, part of the Bloody Mary legend, one of the possible origins of Bloody Mary legend, is that she's a girl that was buried alive. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. So yeah, when we I was that doing research for this particular episode, so they have all these. The idea of safety coffins is very real, but um, the term "saved by the bell" comes from boxing. So if you, if you're a boxer, you know, and you're getting your butt kicked or whatever, when the bell hits, you go back. Everybody goes back to their corners. So "saved by the bell" means the round is over and you have a chance to recover. Maybe they'll cut your eye open like Rocky or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And they really, they even announce it at the beginning of each match. If you're watching on TV, they'll tell you, is this a fight where you can or cannot be saved by the bell? Ah. So there are different rule variations. And they do use that phrase. And another rumor is that the term dead ringer is from that. So like the dead ringer is that somebody's buried alive and they ring and like, oh, we're going to save the dead person. They're not really dead. But no, that comes actually from horse racing. And so, um, like swapping out a yep. matching horse, right? Because uh-huh. the thing is, horses look like n- humans have different faces. Like we're evolved to look at each other and see different faces. Animals don't because they can they can detect individuals by smells and other senses. But since vision is our most powerful sense, we have unique faces. So humans can often look exactly the same. And sometimes in horse racing, what they would do is they would switch out one horse for another. And uh, that would be the ringer is somebody that looks it like looks just like another one. And then uh, dead. I mean, the idea is it's dead on like a dead shot, dead heat, dead center means dead on. So an exact duplicate. And that comes from horse racing. So that's also not from the whole uh, safety coffin thing. So that's just just in case you guys were wondering. We're handling that for you. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, like, how long would we last if we actually were buried alive? And the thing is, uh, Popular Science did an article about it, and the, the, it's, it's really not very long. It really depends how much air you have in the coffin. And if you're smaller, you'll go longer because that means there's more oxygen in the coffin. So, in this article, is funny because they say, here's the average casket. The total volume is like 886 liters of air. And so how long does it take the average human body to, uh, you know, consume 886 liters of air? And, it, you know, it can be as little as 10 minutes if you're a big person. And it can be as long as like six hours if you're a smaller person. But the thing is... But that's well, still not very much time. <laughs> right. And then once you're in the ground, like even if you do make it out of the coffin... It's like being the victim of a landslide. Dirt in your nostrils and mouth. <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't know how you could push up that much dirt anyway. Right. It's, I mean, six feet of dirt. Like, you. I mean, mega strong. Here's the thing, though. Let's say it took you, I mean, however long it would take you to try to um, get out of the coffin. And you have all these stories about when people are buried alive, they... You know, the stories of the, the blood on the fingernails and everything as they try to scratch their way out of the coffin. Oh. You'd fall asleep long before you actually died. 
because there's so much carbon dioxide inside the coffin itself. So everything you're breathing out is killing you. Mm, what a lovely thought. So you suffocate, and that'd be terrifying, but at least you would not be conscious as you died. So that's the comforting thought for the end of the, yeah. <laughs> end of the episode here. So, I mean, so Allison did not have to worry about that because they had an open face, kind of like an open face sandwich. Uh. Uh. (laughs) She had an open face. But the thing is, people really worried. Even George Washington in 1799, George Washington told his servants as he on his deathbed, he said, do not let my body be put into the vault less than three days after I'm dead. Do you understand? Like, that's one of his last words is like, don't bury me. I'm not dead. That's wild. Yeah. And then there was that one guy that uh, Jeff Belanger talks about him in one of his presentations and talks about him on the New England Legends podcast. And his name is Timothy Clark Smith. And he's a Vermonter, uh, New Haven, Vermont. And he designed his own grave where uh, he had a window go down to his face so people could look down and see his face to make sure that he wasn't buried alive. Yeah, that's a wild one. Yeah, 1893, I mean, it's said that he was buried with a bell in his hand and a breathing tube, and he installed a horizontal window on the surface of his grave, six feet above him, and centered squarely in his face so people could check on him. Now, today there's too much moisture and stuff because it's been 115 or 25 years. So there's too much mo- So you can't look down there and see like a dead guy's face. In which everybody, every kid would, in, you know, every high schooler, that, that would be some kind of dare, you know? Do you want to see? Absolutely. Probably still is, actually. Right? Do you want to see Timothy Clark's face? Like New Haven, Vermont, that that would be like the local tradition or whatever. Um, so you can't really see it now. But it is, I mean, people were scared enough. They had enough taphophobia that he got buried with a window over his head. George Washington, yeah. you know, wait three days. I, I think his design was maybe a good one in his mind, but on paper, it, it just—it was this very—it's this very small window, and for, for it to go six feet up, it's a very narrow. It's—it's it's, even when it wasn't fogged over, it probably was very difficult. Plus, light isn't getting all the way down there really, <laughs> either. Right. But it does remind me also um, in Chicago at Graceland Cemetery, which is uh, one of the just amazingly beautiful cemeteries in the city that is kind of it feels more like a museum than a graveyard Mm -hmm. ludwig wolf one of the great names of all time (laughs) is buried there yeah ludwig wolf and uh the legend is that he had that same fear which is why his mausoleum which is kind of a, a mostly submerged mausoleum actually has a staircase that goes down into the ground to it and a full-size door down there. And on top of it, coming up through the dirt, is a ventilation system, which, I mean, it's pretty big. It's kind of the size of a manhole cover if you, you know, go there and take a look at it today. Uh, but which I've, I brought Wendy down there to see this as well. It's a very unique and eye-catching grave. And I don't know if there's some urban legend behind it, but it's... If it's true that he had this all put in because he was afraid of being buried alive, uh, this guy took the proper precautions that he could. <laughs> I don't know. It would have been interesting. Instead of having a bell tied to his wrist, if he just had the key to the inside of the door tied to his wrist. <laughs> right. Well, but the thing is, we're talking about stuff that was 100 years ago, right? Yeah. So we talk about these guys that are afraid about being buried alive. The guy in Chicago, the guy in Vermont, George Washington, uh, Hans Christian Anderson, Frederick Chopin, like all these guys... Alfred Nobel, all these guys were scared about, like terrified of it so much so that they had left special instructions, precautions against premature burial. But it didn't have to be in the 19th century. We go to September 2001, this is from CBS News. Rosa Celestrino de Assis, 60-year-old Brazilian woman, she spent two hours inside a refrigerator body bag at a morgue in Rio de Janeiro um, before her daughter found her alive when she came in to identify her mother's body. She came in, she goes, I went to give my mom one last hug, and I could feel that she was breathing. Surprise! At 7.20 p.m. on Friday, a doctor at the hospital ran some tests, pronounced her dead, and had her taken to the morgue. Three hours later, her daughter found her alive, and then she was taken back to intensive care. And that's not the only case in 2001. A South African guy was found alive in a morgue after spending 21 hours there. He had a severe asthma attack, and they thought he was dead in South Africa. 2015, a drunk Russian man's declared dead. And then they, like, he wakes up in the morgue. Germany, 
2015 too, a 92-year-old woman they thought was dead. They put her in the refrigeration and then they found her she was alive later. So it doesn't have to be 1893 to be buried alive. It can be 2018. So that's why tapophobia is a still real thing here today. So anyway, Allison was buried alive this last weekend, and congratulations to her again. Yay! Thank you for joining us with your ghost stories today, Scott. They're always a pleasure. Oh, I always love to be on the show. And I'm just, I I, I pulled away because just searching now the phrase scratch marks on inside of coffin uh, reveals so many more stories just from recent history, too. There's one, dead girl buried alive screams for help as panicked locals smash open coffin. That was from 2015 as well. Right! (laughs) Oh my gosh, there's so many of these. So, you know, people are afraid of this for good reason. Because right before... I didn't know I was supposed to be afraid of this, but I got it going now. Yeah. <laughs> you got yourself a case. Right before you die, make sure you pull a Bill Pullman or a George Washington. Don't bury me. I'm not dead. Or at least poke me a little first, will you? <laughs> Speaking of dead people, make sure that if you've seen any dead people or talked to them or heard them or had communications with them, there's a place where you can share your ghost story. And where is that, Scott? Well, very easy to remember. It's whatsyourghoststory.com. Perfect. So uh, make sure you guys check out that awesome site. Now, for the song this week, we decided not to go too far with the metaphor here because it's 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 pretty easy to use the we theme. like subtlety right and we did use kind of a metaphor we didn't just make it straight up like metallica has a song called trapped under ice from ride the lightning and it's like well what's that song about it really is just about being <laughs> trapped under and you know it's like being trapped under ice our song this week we wanted to use being buried alive as a metaphor of how one lie compounds upon another and it's you know you are you are creating your own cask of amontillado uh, when you do certain things and sometimes you get so far in that you can't get out and it's that exact kind of feeling that the people who are tapophobic are afraid of and so this week's sunspot paranormal song of the week is called buried alive <laughs> You're buried alive 
thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. Oh, man, Mike. Yeah. I love all the Patreon hangouts, but I have to say the Halloween one is one of my favorite ones because we are going to do it in costume. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And that's happening this week. This Wednesday, we're going to hang out with all of our awesome Patreons, and we're going to talk about some horror movies, we're going to talk about ghost stories, we're going to talk about the latest paranormal news. And we want to thank our Patreon community members for being so supportive and so awesome and so much fun Mm -hmm. to hang out with and to get messages from and just to remain in contact with. If you would like to be part of that community, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is go to othersidepodcast.com slash donate and join our Patreon community and it's it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. It's obviously cheaper than a cup of Starbucks coffee, but it's actually cheaper than a cup of gas station coffee every month. We can hang out and we can talk about stuff and you can make suggestions for future podcast episodes. We can talk about movies we want to watch and we really appreciate the community and the feedback and we can't forget Patreon Dr. Ned and Ned's at the Ned. level. Where we give him a big, fat, ugly shout out every single week. Dr. Ned, thank you so much, my friend. Yay. Thanks, Ned. And to all you guys, we hope that if you're really interested in hanging out more, come visit us on Wednesday night to our Patreons. We will see you on Wednesday. And everybody else, we'll see you on the other side. I just want to sleep. Why can't I sleep? <laughs> People are not I'm signing up alive. for the challenge. Look at this. <laughs> so humorous. You know, morning ablutions, you got to do certain things.